0: Hey, this is Mark. And this is Jay. We just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Nerd Cage
1: Live. And be sure to tune in to our live show on YouTube every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If what you said is true, Mark Withers and the Nerd Cage could be dangerous. Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show. And the live discussion, everything that makes people like you and I tick. So, thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, where Tom Cruise is from. And always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, Mark Weathers. What's shaking?
0: Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here, as usual, and yes. Today, we are gonna be talking about a classic in modern American cinema, celebrating its 35th anniversary this week. I'm talking about Tony Scott's Top Gun. Now, Jay, I know that you've probably seen this maybe once or twice in your Mm -hmm. youth. It actually came out the same year that you were born. And I know that you recently rewatched it. How does it measure up against like modern cinema? And do you feel like the movie holds up versus other 80s movies?
1: Yes and no. I was born the year this movie came out. So I've probably seen it on TV a few times, flipping through the channels. Maybe I fell asleep watching it as a kid. So this was really my first time really taking it in. You know, it really wasn't a movie that like excites me. It's not a movie that I would go out of my way to go see. But you know what? I actually had fun. I actually had a lot more fun than I, <laughs> than I think I was going to. I really enjoyed it. So to answer your question, how does it hold up? The dialogue does not hold up at all. But this is some of the best cinematography and the best editing I've ever seen, especially when it comes to the flight scenes. My God, my mind is blown because I kept thinking to myself, oh my God, this is 1986 and they were able to do that kind of camera work. I was blown away and it kept me going.
0: Yeah, I kind of have a similar opinion. Now, this was the first time I've ever watched it, like believe it or not. Now, I remember when it was first released in theaters in 1986, but I actively avoided the movie because just the subject matter just didn't appeal to me. I didn't really like Tom Cruise that much at the time. And so over the years, like I just never got around to watching it. So I watched it this past week and my opinion is a lot like yours, very clunky dialogue. Some of the chemistry between some of the characters is not very believable in my opinion, but visually it's, absolutely stunning. Some of that aerial work between the different fighter jets is just incredible. Tony Scott is brilliant here in his execution. And I think that it influenced a lot of similar movies that came out after it. And so for that, I think it's definitely earned its place as a classic among American cinema.
1: Absolutely. And of course, this was the movie. I mean, Tom Cruise was already like a star, but this movie put them over the top and what's really fascinating is there are a lot of big names in this movie but they weren't like super famous at the time but they would later become super famous for example Val Kilmer, Meg Ryan and of course Michael Ironside is like one of the most famous military slash sci-fi bad guy like in every movie so like I was just fascinated seeing this cast in their much younger years.
0: Yeah, and not to mention, Tim Robbins also makes an appearance early on in the film. I don't know that he was necessarily a big star at the time. I think he might have also been an up-and-comer. Also, Adrian Pastar, which a lot of people may not recognize the name, but he was actually on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I believe he had initially auditioned for the role of Maverick and was passed over, but the producers liked him so much that they actually created a role for him in the film.
1: Another thing that makes the movie what it does, besides the amazing cinematography, the action, some beautiful shots in there, the music. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, as a kid growing up, I knew all these songs, but I did not know where they came from. So you know, this is like one of the biggest movie soundtracks ever when you know these songs, but you didn't realize it was from a specific movie. It's just amazing that we go back, all these lookbacks we did, starting with Mortal Kombat, New Jack City, and now this. This is like from an era where like movie soundtracks drove the movie.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And there's some interesting stories about the soundtrack, particularly with the song Danger Zone, which is Mm -hmm. probably the most recognizable song. One of the biggest hits of the 80s that was originally meant to be performed by the band Toto. They ran into some kind of legal dispute with the producers of the film, and they were sort of excised from the project altogether. Kenny Loggins was writing a separate song called Playing With The Boys, which actually gets used in the volleyball scene when the producers came to him and asked him to sing Danger Zone, which had been written by Giorgio Moroder. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied here. (laughs) So he kind of decided that he would go ahead and do it and it wound up being the second biggest hit of his career behind another soundtrack, Footloose.
1: Oh yes, Footloose is another one. Yeah, I apologize if I made any Footloose fans upset. But (laughs) again, it's undeniable how big that soundtrack is. You know what? These are not songs I go out of my way to listen to, but for this movie, when you watch this movie, when those songs come on, on those certain scenes, it works.
0: perfectly.
1: It doesn't feel out of place at all. It works. It makes me appreciate those songs a little more. Just saying.
0: Right. (laughs) Now let's (laughs) switch gears a little bit and talk about sort of the origin of this movie. Absolutely. The movie itself was inspired by an article in California Magazine in 1983 called Top Guns. And it was about fighter pilots that were training at a naval air base in Miramar, California. And it had some stunning aerial photography in it. It was a super interesting article and it caught the attention of Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson who had just finished the movie Flashdance which was a big hit at the time. They hired some screenwriters to sort of flesh out a first draft and then they went looking for a director. They happened upon a commercial where a Saab 900 races an F-14 fighter jet. The look and the feel of that commercial turned out to be exactly what they were looking for. And so they sought out the director and it turned out to be Tony Scott, who is the younger brother of the now legendary Ridley Scott. And so they hired him on the spot, just on the strength of that commercial. And then they sought about casting. The role of Maverick was offered to Matthew Modine, but he turned it down because he felt that the subject matter went against his political beliefs, oh. and so he decided that he didn't want to be a part of that. They offer it to Tom Cruise, he accepts, and then they audition a number of people for the role of Iceman. According to his memoir, Val Kilmer was sort of forced to, <laughs> to audition. He didn't really want to. He wasn't interested in the role at all. Was and he was great. Yeah, he was great in it, but he purposely flubbed the audition. He tried to come across as lifeless and sort of goofy, and they just offered him the role right out of hand. He was, like, sort of upset about it because he really didn't want to be a part of the movie. (laughs) So there's that, and then the role of Charlie that's played by Kelly McGillis, Mm -hmm. that was actually originally supposed to be an aerobics instructor. But when the producers went to the real Top Gun, they met an analyst there named Christine Fox. She impressed them so much that they based the Charlie character off of this instructor.
1: And that's the thing, I'm glad you shared the story because another thing I can appreciate We live in a society where like everything's based on a comic. Everything's based on a video game or a book or some kind of adaptation or a remake where this is basically an original idea and an original IP. And like it was inspired by, you know, what you just mentioned there. It makes me appreciate what the movie is and where it came from.
0: Yeah, I agree. And sort of learning these little tidbits here and there makes me appreciate the movie a lot more than just sitting down and watching it.
1: So what were some of your favorite scenes? what did you like about the movie the most, honestly?
0: So I loved all the aerial scenes, particularly like the flybys and like the dog fights with the MiGs. I thought all that stuff was really interesting. What about yourself?
1: Honestly, that opening scene, and I guess the most intense was his wingman there trying to land the plane onto the aircraft carrier. The
0: aircraft carrier, yeah. That,
1: that was intense and they all sold it well. You got the sense of danger and urgency and intensity there they sold it so well and i'm just like wow this movie's like better than i expected and like i'm not saying i'm walking out here like the biggest top gun fan but i get it now i understand why this is such a beloved movie
0: yeah i mean this isn't necessarily a movie for me that you know like back in the day i didn't rush out to go see it when i finally did see it it wasn't like the best movie in the world to me but i do recognize um its contribution to Mm -hmm. cinema And I do see what's great about it and what people love about it. I think that the influence that it's had on any kind of aerial cinematography, it can't be challenged. You know, like I just recently finished up Falcon and Winter Soldier. And a lot of the scenes with Falcon, you can see where they took a lot of the influence from Top Gun. And so for that reason, you can't really dismiss this out of hand. It is a beloved movie and I definitely have much respect for it.
1: That being said, I'm giving it a solid seven out of 10. It's not a perfect movie, but there's lots to appreciate. What would you give it?
0: I'd probably do the same and give it about a seven out of 10. I would say that if I'd seen this movie when I was 15 years old or 16, I probably would have loved it. And it probably would have inspired me to join the Navy and become a pilot myself. Because I'm now older and I kind of look for different things in film and it didn't deliver on those things, that's what makes me feel that it's not a perfect film. But that said, it is a very good film, and I do respect it.
1: So, that being said, before we go, we ask you to pray, please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread it like syphilis, so. So, USA, from Louisville to Syracuse, to so all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live. Enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya?
0: Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live!